0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850, Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. It's four minutes past six. It's Sunday morning. Apparently it's going to rain, but nothing can wipe the smile off my face this morning just for being here. And Catherine in Qatar says you've just made two boys very, very happy. My 11 and 12-year-olds are both... Huge Anthony Horovitz fans, and they sat mesmerised listening to his voice. Fabulous interview. Do you know, I barely got a word in edgeways. Barely got a word in edgeways. It was a lovely interview. And in fact, you can see it if you go to the LBC website. You can actually see him in the flesh, in full living colour as well, on lbc.co.uk. Bruce Forsyth blasts foul mouthed comics. Uh, Who's doing the dishes? Have you seen it? What a ghastly programme. I'd forgotten actually how dreadful Brian McFadden was. Small wonder his marriage has collapsed. Not so good. And the uh, the torment that is eating skinny Cheryl. Apparently, she's now come up with another answer as to why she's skinny. Why she never came up with it before, I've got no idea. First of all, it was blamed on um, the fact that her husband's father had died or was ill or so, whatever it was. And so there was that one. Now she's come up with another story that apparently it's a family problem. And she's having to drive back to Newcastle. It's four and a half hours and you know what it's like when you have to put three cushions on the seat before you can see over the steering wheel. And so she's uh, she's driving backwards. Why is she not flying? I've got no idea. But anyway, perhaps she hasn't got any money or something. Anyway, it's a family issue, and apparently it's stressing her out. Who's told us that? A close friend. It's always interesting, isn't it? I love it when it's a close friend. And so, yes, I did change the car yesterday. And and it, it with me, it happens a little bit quickly. In fact, the the deal was done in about... That two minutes, I think, because I t- if you remember, the story was that uh, my my car is is very nice, and it's uh, it's it's graphite, it's grey, it's very nice, very nice grey. Everybody looks, they go, oh, that's a nice looking car, nice to drive, beautiful to drive, and uh, and I took it in to have the aerial redone and uh, it needs some repositioning on one of the window things. Anyway, so th- that I took it in there. And when I was in there, I liked to have a look in the showroom, just see if there's anything I like. And I I was particularly taken by this one car, which is in silver. And I don't do silver cars. I'm not a silver car person. But I looked at it, and it's got chrome wheels, which means it's slightly blinged. Slightly blinged. Well, slightly blinged. My friend Jez said, yeah, very, very bling. It's a little bit over the top, so I looked at it and it's very nice. It's got the new new frontage to it. It's a much much newer model, and um, and it's and it, it was gorgeous. So I looked at it and I thought that was good, and uh, and then Peter, who looks after my car, said, "Well, you know, why why don't you why don't you buy it?" You know, kind of thing you say to somebody, don't you? And I said, "Well, I said it all depends. It all hinges. Oh, sorry, it all hinges on um, on how much I get for my car." And he said, well, I'll, I'll find out for you. I said, yeah, OK, find out. So anyway, he, he phoned me later, it's going to be worth between this and this. And I said, OK. And, um, and then I thought about it. And then I checked my finances and my little savings box. So I sort of raided the piggy bank and, uh, and discovered that if, if I got the top end of this, this price on my car, then I could afford to buy it. I could afford to buy. I don't do uh, high purchase agreements. And that's only because my parents said to me years ago, and it stood me in fairly good stead. They've said, listen, the only thing you should really have years ago on HP would be a television in case it went wrong. Well, nowadays, they're so reliable. Televisions don't really go wrong. And so I don't have higher purchase agreements. I'm I'm not into extended credit or anything like that. I prefer to save up for it and then pay for it. And then I own it. It's like the, uh, you know, the new uh, Apple iPhones. I shall I shall save up and I shall buy the Apple iPhone that I want. And then it's mine. I've kept all my old ones. I don't know why, actually. Somebody said, would you keep more? I do don't have no idea. So I've kept all my iPhones, uh, which is OK. It doesn't really matter. So anyway, so I, I thought, right, well, I'll tell you what. I'll go and have a word with the boss of the company, and see if we can do a deal. So on Saturday morning, I get up. Now, in the meantime, over at Paul Cooper's Fruit and Veg Shop, hope you're following this, they've now moved into their their premises, which had all been done up, and they've now got so much room that they were there till one in the morning, stocking up the shelves and doing everything else. And this coming Tuesday, even though they've been trading in it for a couple of days, I'm going to officially open it at five o'clock in the evening which will just involve having a little wander down the road and saying a few words, and then we'll go, well, it's open, and uh, and here it is. So if, you, if you're passing and you're in the area, about five o'clock on Tuesday evening, I shall be down there. Anyway, so uh, so I had a chat to Paul and John and a few other people in there, and they said, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to go and have a look at this this car. And John said, he said, you'll, you'll buy it. So I said, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see. It's a, you know, It's a big investment, and I've got to sort out the insurance, which just means transferring it to the new car we just have to give them the increased value so anyway so that was that so I, I drove up there Saturday morning uh, drove in to uh, to the showroom to have a look thinking I'll just have a sneaky look by myself just to see if I like it bearing in mind I've not sat in it I've not done anything in fact I've still not sat in it and I bought it I've not sat in it because I know what they like to sit in it's a car it's a seat and uh, and I looked at it and the boss was in there and he said oh he said, you're coming to look at the car. I said, you're not waiting for me, are you? He said, no, 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 not at all, because I've I've had about six or seven cars from uh, from him over the years. So I looked at it. I said, I do like it. I said, I do like it. So I said, but it all hinges. I've got to work to a budget. You know, he's obviously got his his profit margins and everything else. And so we um, within he said, well, how much do you want for your car? I said, well, what I'm looking for, what I'm looking for is um, is X amount of money. And he then sort of came down a thousand, and then we went, then we went, and I said, "Oh, I'd rather like this." And then, anyway, we actually settled sort of midway in the middle, so it was the extra five hundred pounds. And uh, so I said, "I said, if you agree on that now, I said we'll we'll shake hands on it." And that was it. The, the deal is done. They've already got my car in there. They promised to move the boot stuff over, which is nice. I'll transfer the parking permit for Twickenham over, and uh, and I've got a nice teddy bear sitting on the back seat who'll be moving with it as well. So all very nice. And that was it done. So all I've got to do tomorrow is cough up some money, which I spoke to the bank and they said, all right, well, we'll transfer the money in and then you can do that on Monday. Then they've got the week to sort the car out. They do. A, I think it's a 200 point check or a 100 point check. So everything's perfect. And it comes with a two year warranty. And uh, so uh, it's happy motoring. And my brother phoned me went, you have changed the car. I said, well, I have actually. Yes. I said, I don't have it as yet. I said but I I will be having it on Saturday. So that that's my little treat. That's it. Okay. I'm going to turn no not do you know that they're not allowed to accept a lot of cash. That that would be interesting to turn up with this amount of cash. Yeah, but apparently you can only take 10,000 pounds in cash. And this car's costing a little bit more than £10,000. Just a little bit more. But as but as I explained yesterday, because people were saying, it looks really nice, it's all blinged up, it looks wonderful, it's great. I said, yeah, but bearing in mind, I don't do holidays. Everybody else around here does holidays. I don't do holidays. I don't smoke. And and I don't get up to any shenanigans. Well, not that I'm prepared to talk about on the programme. Much as though Christo is desperate. Do you know when he told the worst fib of his life the other day? Well, in fact, he, he actually said it on the programme this morning. He said, Steve has, has just sent me a... An email. Well, I mean, we all sat there in the newsroom, and I can't tell you, you know, they were shouting things into the radio, the team out there, and um, and of course, it's just not true. Just Oh, he's got a picture of his car here, just before it's turned into a skip by the look of it. But uh, no, it's quite nice. He says, I've got a silver car too. We have so much in common. Yes, mine is called Moonglow. I don't think yours could ever be called Moonglow. <laughs> moon Child or Moon Unit, maybe. Warren, of course, is suffering badly because, as you know, uh, his car was keyed the other day. Uh, something which, you know, I thought we'd kind of... I thought the children had grown up out of that. Anyway, says, I wish I could change my car. The key scratch keeps uh, staring at me. You know what you want to get? You want to go out. To make it look a little bit better, go and get some tea cut. Go and get some tea cut rub that into it, and that might do... A, it, it'll take away the glaringness of that, that they've, they've gone down to base metal. A little bit of tea cut and they do it for silver cars. And also you can get silver polish, which you could probably put into it as well, which would lessen it. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Because I couldn't bear... I was telling the story. I had a red car some years ago, and somebody keyed that, but I didn't see it until I'd gone shopping in Kingston. And as I walked away from the car and put the ticket on, I went, what the hell is that? And somebody had keyed it down the side with a wavy line. So, of course, I couldn't even begin to go shopping. I took it straight into the garage, straight in, and uh, I let them spray the side of it. But T-cut it would definitely be, excuse me, definitely be a a very good option. Because it's not a nice thing to do, is it? It really isn't a nice thing to do. Anyway, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, I did tweet a picture of the car. Well, bits of the car. It was just a little bit of the bonnet. So unless you're following me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show, you don't get to see it. But it's nice. Uh, Bruce Forsyth has blasted foul-mouthed comics. Willie Thorne, he owes a million. He owes a million... How are these people getting... I'm I'm sorry. I don't want to be harsh about this. I don't want to be harsh about it. But um, it's a case of he's a gambler. Well, kind of tough. Kind of tough. It's not, you know, I don't advocate gambling. I do I do gamble. I buy lottery tickets, so fetch me. But I, I wouldn't um I couldn't stand to go and play cards. I know lots of people listening play cards in casinos, they do it online and they do, you know, blackjack or pontoon or they play roulette or whatever happens to me. I don't do that. Um and I don't go into betting shops. I've been in betting shops. I have been in betting shops, but I I, I only gamble on the national and uh, and if i lose which i did last time around i'd get a bit depressed about it so I, I like to win occasionally but apart from that yesterday was a glorious day the sunshine was out everybody was uh, was very happy on friday friday we went um, we went for tea at the lanesborough now the lanesborough is on hyde park and it's just before you head into knightsbridge used to be a hospital years ago and i Went to the opening of it. LBC was very involved with the opening of it when it opened. It was 21 years ago. Well, they've just had a multi-million-pound refit. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And so normally, three of us. Sometimes it's been uh, it's been quite a few more than yes. three of us. Go out for an afternoon tea. We like to go and sample tea in a London hotel. And uh, this time, and I just off the top of the head, because we've been to the Goring, which was lovely. That was really super. We've been to the Langham. I've been to the Dorchester. I've been to the Savoy. I've been to... Where else have I been to? Oh, the, the Dorchester. What's the one further up from the Dorchester? Anyway, another big hotel. And, um, and we've had tea there. I've done tea in lots of places, but I've never done it at the Lanesborough. Well, it's so beautiful, this room. And uh, you have a choice of teas. Now, afternoon tea is a luxury whether it be in London or in a tea shop it's you know in London it's around about anywhere between 30 and 50 pounds if you add champagne to that then the the price can considerably go up it can go up to about 62 pounds so it's it's something that you do for a a special treat well we loved it we loved it it was fantastic service impeccable you can't i mean this is the the difference is this we were, we were laughing about this one because when we went um to, that's my phone again. You could hear it, couldn't you? It sounds like a hunting call, doesn't it? I'm ever so sorry. I know it's so easy to put it on silent. It is on silent. That's the trouble. It's definitely so. Can you hear it? No, you can't. It's just music in your ears. You've got tinnitus. That's what it is. Producer's having one of his mare of a days. Tinnitus does not sound like a riding horse. Well, it could do. It could sound like anything you like. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about the goring, and then I'll tell you about the Lanesborough from Friday, and uh, and and both excellent in their own ways, and I'll tell you for why
0: after this. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast
1: on LBC for a Sunday morning. It's nice company. It's the 13th of September. So when you go and have tea in a London hotel, the, the quality of the hotel... And by the way, it was the Grosvenor House, the other one. Thank you, Warren. The Grosvenor House was the other place where we had uh, afternoon tea. But uh, at the, at the Lanesborough, to show what it's like, you, uh, you go there, the staff are very attentive. And in, a t- in top hotels, they're very attentive. They're even more attentive here. I think this is the only hotel that's got so many private butlers for the rooms. Rooms start, at, I think, at about £720. So, a little bit out of my price bracket. <laughs> a little bit out of it. And, uh, and it's, it's immaculate in there. It's immac- there's loads of people standing around. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Things like that. You go to the loo. You come back. And the Maitre D will follow you back to your table and he will pull the chair out for you and then push the chair back in again. And little things like that. Little things like that. I mean it doesn't it didn't alter the fact that we had caviar in the sandwiches. We had I'm sorry to talk about the food. The producer hates it when we talk about food this early in the morning. And we had um was smoked salmon and then there was um ham and egg mayonnaise. And then there was cheese with a lovely coleslaw, and then you have you have as many of those as you want. You just keep going until you feel that you're just about going to explode. And then you have scones with clotted cream, uh, and it came with a creme fraiche as well. And we had uh, different conserves that went with that, diff- different jams which were beautiful. And then all the little cakes and the little the little pastries. And you just keep ordering. It's I mean, anyway, we 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 sort of we don't go mad when we go out for these sort of things, but uh, we had such a nice time. It was really lovely. But but the difference is the the Goring is a family hotel. We were, I swear to God this is true. We, we were we were laughing about it, reminiscing on what a what a lovely garden they've got at the back. So I think if you can have afternoon tea, it would be nice. But the room at the Lanesborough is beautiful. And um, and so at the Goring, you're sitting if you're lucky enough to get to sit on the terrace at the back, overlooking this private garden, which is beautiful. And we walked in to the Goring. We never said a word, not one word. And the woman behind the desk, the lady behind the desk, said, "Good afternoon, Mr. Allen." Well, you know, we knew we'd booked it. Michael had booked it, but we we didn't we didn't send advance pictures or anything like that. We had no idea, no idea. That's the difference between a family hotel and a, and a big hotel. The service in both immaculate the goring just got one point over because they knew they knew my name but own, but but we didn't they must have obviously gone on and checked online see that that's what he looks like and that's what they're looking out for so when you go there you're made to feel that they know you and so if you're a repeat booking as in all these hotels they know if you like a nice fluffy dressing gown if you like papaya or pineapple or whatever in, in your they know everything like this they just make notes so and there are people who move Presumably around the world from hotel to hotel. It's an indulgence. I promise you, if if I won the lottery, I would quite happily live in hotels. I could quite easily live in hotels. It would there wouldn't be any hardship for me, let me tell you. But we, we, we can't afford to do it at the moment. Uh which one caught my eye? Uh it it certainly wasn't gold, James. It certainly wasn't gold. It's in Moon Glow. It's in Moon Glow, which I like actually. I like it a lot, actually. And um and I only like the uh, the cream interior. I only do cream interior i can 't do black interiors of cars they 've tried to sell me black interiors of cars before, and i just can 't do it it 's got to be cream and this is cream with uh, with the DVD screens in the back as per as per usual. Uh, Dennis says the Dorchester and the Grosvenors on Park Lane know them well. They're both lovely, aren't they? They're both lovely. I mean, I just just love the service that you get in hotels. You're made to feel like a million dollars, even if you haven't got a million dollars. They make you feel as though you have got a million dollars, which is nice. Uh, So, who's doing the dishes? Have you seen it? I'd forgotten how appalling Brian McFadden is at keeping his marriages together. He's uh, he's not particularly clever in that department. He's the man's an idiot. The programme is so bad. It is so, so bad. Uh, also, the uh, the Labour MP, uh, Simon Danshuk, who apparently was paid for revealing details of his marriage breakup, How much do you think he got? £24,000. £24,000. I can't believe it, honestly. He's gone way down in my estimation now. Way, way down. Way, way down. Uh, in the papers for today, lots of pictures of Jeremy Corbyn. Is it just me that's thinking he's quite old, isn't he? he's going to make it to the election. And so they've uh, they've sort of picked out. Lots of people have, uh, have quit. Lots of people haven't quit. In the mix could be Diane Abbott. I don't like Diane Abbott. Chukka Amuna. I don't like Chukka Amuna. And, uh, and also uh, Andy Burnham. I like Andy Burnham. <laughs> I quite like Andy Burnham. But uh, it's interesting that they're sort of guessing who actually might be in, who might be out. I just look at him and he doesn't look like a leader of a Labour Party. But then I've been used to seeing people with ties on. And he just looks a bit scruffy. I thought they could have dyed his hair or something, made him look a little bit less like an old man. But he is fairly ancient, isn't he? Gillian Tailforth on holiday with a photographer, and she's uh, she's 60 now. She's 60 apparently, and uh, she doesn't look bad for 60 at all. A little bit of midriff bulge going on, but you know that's to be uh, that's to be expected. And uh, and the touching tribute by Linda Bellingham's husband. Um, it's a theatre style uh, headstone on her grave, Linda Bellingham. Patty Moore, O-B-E. The final curtain. That's nice, isn't it? She died... Do you know she died last October? Last October. Isn't it amazing? Nearly a year. Nearly a year. Um, Here we go. Stephen Gerrard and his boring wife. She was dull when she was here, and he's very boring. I'm assuming there must be some sort of book out, because they've obviously got pictures of her running with a photographer. Well, nobody knows who she is in America. Nobody's got the faintest idea. She is a total nobody. Mind you, over here, she was pretty much a nobody as well. And, um, and so she's pictured, you know, hitting the boutiques and stuff like that, which, of course, over in Liverpool, that would have been seen as classy. In America, it's seen as chav. Really naff. You don't wander about holding loads of bags. You walk out of the shop, into your car, and you drive off. It's as simple as that. If you're going to go to Rodeo Drive which I've been to, the car parks outside the shop, you walk out of the car straight into more air conditioning. You don't wander about like she does, and, and wearing tacky clothes. She's so underdressed for there, but there again, she's not, uh, she never was class, was she at all? Uh, then there's the ongoing row between Ben Cohen and his wife, Abby. It turns out they're desperate to try and sell the house, which is worth £1.7 They can't sell it. And he's obviously not earning any money at all. I suppose the last money he got was for the I'm a Celebrity programme. And that was about. That must be running out uh, shortly because he'll have tax to pay. He'll have an agent's fee on top of it. And I don't know what he would have got for it. So, uh, anyway, she's now renting a home nearby. And. um It's a little bit difficult, a little bit difficult. They are trying to make, for the uh, purposes of their twin daughters, Harriet and Isabel, the split as amicable as possible. But uh, as we've heard from both of them, as they've both done stories in the papers about this and that, and quite clearly... Everybody you ever encounter who's ending up with a dance world, they don't seem to like Christina Ryanov. She's not seen as very pleasant. But there again, as I say, it'll be funny if she stays with Ben Cohen, because judging by her history, I think she wanders a little bit. Wanders. Mind you, they were wandering a bit in Made in Chelsea. They keep showing old programmes. And you suddenly realise that Spencer Matthews really is a nasty little piece of work. He really is horrible. Him and his bromance with Jamie Lang. Jamie Lang, who can't seem to keep his trousers on, and uh, just a bit of an embarrassment, both of them. Ghastly, ghastly. You suddenly watch them and you suddenly realise that all they do is bed-hop. Very, very, very embarrassing. And then it turned out... Who was it? Christo was, was telling me this uh, information that the woman in America who refused to marry the same-sex couples who then went to prison turns out she's bed-hopped all over the place. She's been married four times. Dear me. But apparently then somebody said apparently that, that's OK if you're Christian. That's OK to bed hop. I think it was OK at all. She's apparently redeemed herself. Not in my eyes she's not. Horrible woman. Horrible, horrible woman. Oh, look, here's a picture of Molly King. Still not working, I don't think. And um, she was in Canary Wharf doing, doing some charity thing. Sophie Wessex was there as well, so that's quite good. And uh, there's a picture of... Sharon Stone. Do you know she could walk in here now, and I would know Sharon Stone. I would definitely know her. Courtney uh, Kardashian. I'm bored with anybody with the name Kardashian. And uh, ex England soccer star John Fashnu has been hit with a three million pound divorce court demand by his estranged wife. Uh, his wife wants two point five million up upfront plus ten grand a month, and uh, Fash says she also wants him to buy a new motor of her choice every two years. Wow. But last night, Abigail branded the star a lunatic dreamer. I think that kind of sums him up, doesn't it? I don't know enough about... What does he do for a living now? Is he just a commentator for games and they bring him in as a, a pundit? She says... um I didn't ask for anything, because there's no point killing a dead man. Well, <laughs> obviously not amicable, then. Obviously not amicable. Uh, there was also uh, Carol McGiffin's column. Always a good laugh. Everybody hates this Farah Abraham. He says this gross creature masquerading as a human being. She is... N- Seriously, I don't think you could ever describe this person as human. She is just disgusting. Bobby Davro had a go at her. I'm not the biggest fan of Bobby Davro, and I'll tell you the story again, probably later in the programme. But, um... Uh, this uh, he had a go at her and said, "Why are you so vile?" And of course, she just she is vile. She's absolutely she's American. That doesn't really bode too well, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, you know, to make a, a pornographic fit, and then they go, "Oh, she's a star in America." That's all Kim Kardashian's famous for. You only have to look at her to realise this this malarkey about making you know these these films of yourself is just almost too much. Martin McCutcheon on motherhood. I thought she was bankrupt. She seems to be doing all right with a personal trainer and everything else. What she does for a living, I've got no idea. No idea at all. And uh, some of the other papers we'll come round to in a moment, including the story of the vile mother who stole compensation cash her schoolgirl daughter received for being raped by her stepfather. Uh, this woman helped herself to £13,000 awarded to Chantel Jones. What a vile mother. The trouble is, people like this, you know, we have them in this country, and uh, we call them the same as they do in America. They're just trash. It's six thirty.
0: Steve Allen
1: on LBC. (laughs) Not that I'm one for gossip. Twenty-five minutes to uh, to seven is the time. It's Steve Allen's uh, early breakfast. And uh, Jean says, "Steve, are you live or recorded? 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 Yes. Well, it's, it's better, I think, on a on a Sunday. Who wants to? For goodness' sake, honestly, who wants to get up on a on a Sunday morning? (laughs) <laughs> Anna says uh, Anthony Horovitz and Richard Wilson sounded great for in conversation. They were, they were absolute. But mind you, they're they're all. I don't, I don't get a bad in conversation. I really don't. They're just, they people are nice. They're coming in here for a purpose. I'm never, you know, sort of one to embarrass them or anything like that. We just have a nice, just have a nice chat. Even Sean enjoyed the chat with uh, with Richard Wilson this morning. Thank you, Sean Dilly, very much indeed. Uh, Steve, I trained at St George's. My second. Wards uh, was the uh, the medical one above the entrance to the hotel. We were told of a ghost of a nurse. I'd love to go and ask if anybody's seen her. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, there's no good asking me about ghosts because I'm not I'm not a believer in ghosts or anything like that. I I poo poo it. I'm afraid. I poo poo it. Uh, Steve, you're in conversation this morning. We're both so good, especially Richard Wilson. Any chance of podcasting the Saturday morning program? No. That is emphatically no. Because, and the reason is, you've already heard the the programmes, they're out as podcasts anyway. Saturday morning they've just taken the best of and they put it together. Because as Christo points out, I am the only person uh, on LBC who now works seven days a week. Well, I don't work seven days a week. I'm only on air seven days a week. He said every time I come in, he said, I'm either following a Steve Allen programme or going into a Steve Allen programme. <laughs> I can only humbly... Apo- yeah, yes. Yeah. So, some people are here seven days a week, like the producer, he said, without actually being on air. Although it's not for lack of trying. You know, he'll always try and weave himself into a bulletin or something like that. You know, I could talk about that. I could do that. The sort of thing he likes. Uh, Zane Malik, hilarious, honestly, uh, has been sending raunchy texts and snaps to Lily Allen as he makes a move on the married pop mum. And then <laughs> the headline is on this thing here. Uh, Zane's naked pics to woo Lily. I mean, honestly, she's a bit of a desperado and he's just sad and washed up. Zane has fancied her for ages. Lily's flattered. She needs to go to Specsavers. Get some glasses, love. You won't be flattered for much longer. They're so desperate, these people. And then... Now I don't want to be rude but I'm going to have to be. I'm sorry I, d- I really don't don't want to be rude. But uh, Shane Ward uh Warn, sorry, Shane Ward. Shane Warn was coming out of a, a restaurant in London's Mayfair uh with two uh, girls. I say girls. I looked at a picture of these people. I mean, I don't want to be I'm trying not to be I'm trying to be nice about it. My God in heaven, where do you get people that look this bad? One of them, I mean, I was going to show the picture to the producer, because I've, I've, I've done this before when people say, you're very rude about people. This woman here, how old is she? There's a woman on the on the right wearing, I don't know, whatever it is. It, I mean, her hair is in the most dreadful, I mean, she just looks absolutely ghastly. And they're, and they're letting people like this into nightclubs, are they? It's like your grandmother going out with badly bleached hair and wearing a bustier, or whatever they call them. It's ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. Oh, very shortly, uh, pupils will be banned from taking mobile phones into classes. Well, that'll be good, won't it? That'll solve everything. Where, where, what will they do with them? They'll leave them outside or leave them at home. Somebody's going to take one in. Somebody's going to take one in. And Chris was talking about uh, the fact that um, Victoria Beckham's little boy, Brooklyn, who now apparently... I mean, he, he doesn't have any qualifications apart from the fact that he's the Beckham's oldest son. He's got himself a girly. A little bit exciting for everybody there. Uh, that, uh, that stopped the rumours. And uh, he's 16, and she's apparently on Broadway... And so they've posed for, for pictures. It's embarrassing, really. At 16, you know, you shouldn't be posing pictures. They, they should really be trying to give him a normal life. But as the family, as you know, are so, so shy of publicity, presumably he's just sort of following down there because they've taken pictures of just about everything. Then it turned out that we had, uh, luckily, not too much about Charlotte Proudman, who apparently helped stop bikini jelly wrestling at a university. But as I say, she's a little bit too prim. A little bit too prim, because that little fringe looks like it's been cut absolutely perfectly. And anything that is less than perfect. Not that I think she's good looking. I wouldn't even dream to comment on the fact she's good looking, because I think she's quite plain. And that's a compliment, Charlotte. I knew you'd take it as that, eh? <coughs> Nobody's ever said you were good looking. Nobody, apart from one person. It didn't say you were good looking, it just said it was a good photo. I thought good photoshopped photo, but that was just me thinking out the box. Uh, other stories uh, that were in the papers. The, um... The um, Did I want to do this one? I don't know if I want to do it. Yes, I do, actually. I do want to do it. Because I'm not taking a blind bit of gnosis. But uh, Cheryl Fernandez-Vassini's spag bowl has been in all the papers over the past... Oh, God knows how long. Anyway, apparently, uh, she's uh, she's very friendly with Chris Evans. And so, uh, wh- how that friendship started, I've got no idea. Perhaps she's just lonely. Perhaps she's lonely. I mean, what on earth do you think she's got in common with a husband who's a very well-educated man? And she's, she's got nothing at all. Anyway... The reason that she's got this weight loss, having sort of tried to fob everybody off with a load of baloney at every uh, twist and turn. And then and then she was saying, you know, nobody should uh, should be allowed to comment on my weight. Well, grow up and get over yourself, girly. Anyway, it turns out a secret family sorrow. Oh dear! Not more drugs, please, please, not more drugs. The Sun on Sunday can reveal the X Factor judge has made regular journeys between her North London pad and former family home in Newcastle. I love about former family home in Newcastle to deal with an ongoing drama. And apparently, it's four and a half hours by car, and it's been taking its toll on poor Cheryl because uh, it's 270 miles. She's been going through a great deal of stress recently, said a source. Because uh, you know, why don't they just ask it, Cheryl? What's what's the ongoing family thing, love? What is it, brother? Again, is it? Would, would it be that one? Mother? No, she's down here, isn't she? What what would be the what? What is the family thing? I've got nothing to say about it. She's hit back at uh, skinny shaming. Apparently, every woman has a different body type and handles stress and grief differently. Oh God, honestly. The- Garbage they come up with. She's just emaciated, and of course, you know, to look like a bag of bones, or what did somebody describe it the other week? She looks like uh, an (laughs) X-ray. Kind of took it to another level. I thought an X-ray. She looks like an X-ray. I mean, she just doesn't look very, um, very healthy. But that's, I mean, it's her business. But then, you know, she doesn't like us commenting on the way she looks. But I don't have a problem with that because, as far as I'm concerned, she's in the business of selling the way she looks. That's what, that's what she said. If she looked like old Mar Chuzzlewit from down the road from a sink estate, they wouldn't be putting her on there. They wouldn't be putting her on. They, you know they only put her on there because of her looks. certainly can't be what she sings about, can it? Uh, Willie Thorne owes 37 people and firms um, nearly a million pounds. Kevin uh, Watley... TV's Lewis is owed eight grand. Barry Hearn, 25 grand. Stuart Bingham's uh, manager, Gary Perkis, 76,000. And there's one man who's known as Doug. He's owed a quarter of a million. Good God. How do you get yourself into these debts? How do people... I mean, you know, one, one side of me wants to be sympathetic. The other side of me is going, well, it's your problem, isn't it, if you're not adult enough to try and handle your money, when he's earned a fortune... I wouldn't like to imagine how much Willie Thorne has has earned in his career. Um he once bet 20,000 pounds on one horse. Well, more fool you. More fool you. You know, I mean, it, these people who do that only bet if you can afford to lose. Don't don't bet if you can't afford to lose. So he bet 20,000 quid on one on one horse. I mean, I wouldn't do that. He owes HMRC Eight thousand two hundred and sixty two pounds thirty four pence and uh, the post office fifteen grand. How on earth can you owe the post office fifteen grand? what has, what has he been buying in the post office anyway together with uh, the credit card companies and accountants and everything else, it brings it to nine hundred and seventy six thousand pounds. If you remember, Willie Thorne is a complete and utter disaster. he's been declared bankrupt twice before nineteen ninety two and two thousand and two. And uh, in May, he revealed his wife, Jill, saved him from suicide after she tracked him down to a hotel where he intended to kill himself. I can't help feeling it was the usual cry for help, whereby, you know, she tracked him down to a hotel. Well, how did she know he was going? To- I mean, oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it, really? Anyway, his agent, they, they, they tried to, uh, to contact and he didn't respond. So is, is that probably going to go bankrupt again, actually. He owes 60 grand to Lloyds, 8 to the NatWest, 164 pounds to the HSBC. Obviously, not holding those in particularly high esteem. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. We're still still recorded, Gene. I thought you'd know, know that. This isn't a live programme, this is pre recorded. What we're in fact doing is the papers from last year. Okay, it's not really current papers. I love it when people say, Are you live or recorded? Used to be, Are you live or are you Memorex? Uh, Willie thought, Oh, we were going to see in the Sunday Mirror today as well. My new stroke attack terror. They're all doing it. Oh, I couldn't help feeling a little bit delighted. Uh, Peter Sutcliffe. Apparently suffered an angina attack the other day. That was good news, wasn't it? I was hoping it was going to be a fatal heart attack, but uh, we only got as far as uh, as angina. So a little bit disappointing there because no point in keeping the Yorkshire Ripper alive for much longer, is there really? He's fat and bloated. I told you a friend of mine saw him in, in Broadmoor. He turned around and there was Peter Sutcliffe sitting there. Luckily, Peter Sutcliffe is off with the pixies most of the time. But uh, an angina attack? Oh, hopefully the next one could be fatal. Quarter to seven.
0: Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Twelve minutes to seven Sunday morning. Yes, yes. Just wants the feel of leather. Oh, sorry, I was thinking out of the box, ladies and gentlemen. I do beg your pardon. Uh, Downton Abbey. Love Downton Abbey. Love, love Downton Abbey. Love, 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 love. Can't, can't. Do you know, I've just, worked out this morning. I'm in too good a mood. This is, and this is not normal. This is not normal on a Sunday to be actually in a good mood. To actually be in the kind of mood where you think, come on, world, bring it on. I don't know why I'm like that at all. I've, I've got to, because I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at dealing with things. I know you probably think I'm quite good at things like that. Once I, once I start doing it, I'm fine. So, what I've got to do today is find the documents on the car. Lord knows where they'll be. And uh, then I've got to phone up the insurance company to change because I'm having my number plate transferred over. It's called a cherished plate. It's what they call it. It's a cherished plate. And so, effectively, the car's going to be exactly the same, just in a different colour. So, Downton Abbey, which I love, 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 the gay butler Thomas Barrow is going to provide one of the drama's most explosive storylines in the hotly anticipated final series. Um, He's he's played by uh, Rob James Collier. Uh, He plays the sulky servant struggling with his sexuality. He told the Sunday Mirror, you're going to see Thomas right at the brink. He's been worn down by years and years of society saying you can't be who you are. And this series deals with that tragic journey. Oh, gosh, what are they going to do? I hope it doesn't detract from the whole thing that goes on in the house, because I, I just I just love it. I think Hugh, Hugh Bonneville will deal with this brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. So uh, that's going to happen. Of course, I mean, actually, during the 1920s, homosexuality was illegal, completely illegal. So as a punishment, they locked you up with hundreds of other men. Didn't quite work how that one worked. But anyway, I suppose somebody somewhere must uh, must understand it. Now, of course, it's down to 16. I think it's 15 in some countries. I'm pretty certain in the Netherlands, somewhere like that, it's 15 years old. And they have sort of, you know, it's it's OK. Over here, it's still a bit bizarre, isn't it? When somebody says, oh, look, there's a schoolboy who's sort of come out at the age of 16. And uh, for some reason, most of them just seem to be so camp. You know, they go, oh, I've just come out as gay. And you go, no kidding. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! Uh, so, what have we got here? Oh, it's some dreary story about uh, X Factor Caroline Flack, one of the worst presenters on the television, and they hardly feature her now. In fact, what did they say the other day? Ninety-three seconds she was on screen. The rest of it was all uh, all Ollie Murs, who they've quite clearly sort of tarted him up a little bit, given him loads of makeup to wear. She just seems to cling on to people. She's a bit uh, she's a bit needy. She's a little bit like that poor Chloe Wichella. I mean, that's, that really is one hell of a head case going on there. I don't quite know uh, quite know where, where to begin with her, because she's in Celebrity Big Brother, and uh, she's just a little bit simple. I don't think she should have been put in there. I mean, they are her and that peculiar boyfriend of hers... Well, I say boyfriend, who knows? Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know where they're heading with their career, if indeed they have a career, because I suspect they probably haven't. Uh, Richard Wilson says Stephen is 80. I don't believe it. Yes, and he's, he's as bright as a button. He's as bright as a button. You have to download. Uh, I do apologise for the fact that there is no uh, video of our interview. because only because we were doing it in this studio, which I'm in at the moment, and there was no video recording facility in here. So uh, you can get Anthony Horowitz, though. You can get him as well. He's on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Bruce Forsyth, the TV legend, has blasted foul mouth comics and claims show business has become vulgar. He is not wrong. He is not wrong. I hear bad language all over the place. I hear swear words all over the place. I was watching a programme on, uh, on Auntie the other day, and I think it was the history of the musical in the West End, and they interviewed loads of people. John Barrowman was on there, and Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Cameron McIntosh and everything else. But it was, um, I was amazed at how many what I would call rude words slipped through. Don't get me wrong. I am not the Angel Gabriel. I do use language quite a lot. But it was interesting to note that this sort of cropped up in a programme about musicals. And, uh, Brucey says that if he was starting out today, he wouldn't make it as a star. He's 87. 87. I tell you, this, this, is, this is the new 25 year olds, aren't they? He says, I'm a bit of a prude. I feel uncomfortable when I hear comedians swearing and talking about sex all the time. Oh, I never want to hear people talking about sex. I find that so dull, isn't it? People talk about sex. He said, I don't mind a saucy joke. But show business has become vulgar. In an interview, he admits Silla's death made him think of his own mortality. But he's no longer afraid of dying. He said, when I first met Silla, she was 19. I still think of her as a kid. There's uh, only really Ronnie Corbett and me left. The thought of dying would have scared me 20 years ago, but not now. Yeah, Ronnie's not very well at the moment, I hear. Little Ronnie Corbett, not very well. Oh, and I did do something the other day, which got me brownie points. John Warrington, big, big fan of Linda LaPlante. So when Linda LaPlante came in on thursday to see me um i said you have to sign this book for my friend john warrington because he's a huge fan so i popped it in the postroom, and he got it the other day he said i can't thank you enough so there we go that, that was brownie points i was quite uh, quite happy about that uh what else do we have uh, yasmin alibi brown uh she had to turn jamie oliver off she says you know eat less and exercise more all else is tosh and she said i don't want to hear about how much sugar is in everything uh which is not so good and, uh, also the one here, best show in town is Sunny Afternoon, which is The Kinks, and, uh, very edgy, the music, acting and production take you away, but behind the exuberance are darker messages about the price and burdens of fame. Awesome, she said, awesome, which is what I like, I like people who go and see something and they go, it's awesome, go see Kinky Boots. Go see Kinky Boots. You'll you'll absolutely love it. You will you will come away feeling in a much a much better place than you probably were when you went into the theatre. Once you've actually got over the cost of theatre tickets, because it's not cheap, is it? Now, not cheap. Paul says, "I've been away for a week, but it's great to be back and to listen to you." One of the few who actually dares to say it as it really is. Oh God, do you think so? Oh, I always worry about things like that. I know everybody else worries about me saying it like it's like it really is, but I I, I do. I do sort of think exactly the same as everybody else. It's just that some programmes choose not to mention it or they choose to be more polite about things. Unfortunately, I don't have enough time left in my life to start worrying about being nice to everybody. I think on the programme this morning, I think I've been actually quite nice... I've been, I've been very, very sort of, you know, nice about people. Not going to be very nice now, but only because I was reading Kevin O'Sullivan's column in the Sunday Mirror. And he's talking about the punters competing to win a whopping 2,500 on who's doing the dishes are clueless about the showbiz class system. It's George Clooney, they shriek after de- devouring a three course meal at the home of Mystery Star. No, it's Dean Gaffney. (gasps) Yummy. As ITV unleashes a new series of one of its more watchable daytime offerings, the sound of the bottom of the celebrity barrel was scraped. Sexy boudoir, sexy clothes, sexy knickers, drooled Brian McFadden as he creepily rummaged through a lady's bedroom. It's got to be the one, the only, the sexy Nancy Sorrell. While Nancy hid in the kitchen, I know, you won't know who she is. You won't know who she is. Uh, Her four guests were given culinary hints to help them guess. Joey Essex. Have you seen that ghastly advert on the television for bingo? Joey Essex. That's the best the poor soul can get. That's the best. that's That's how his career has hit the brick wall. You know, coming up with, you know salty, what does he come up with, salty potato or something? He's, it's just silly little, silly little three-year-old words. Nobody in Essex ever says salty potato. Nobody ever says ream. It's only poor little Joey and his simple little mind. Anyway, Bear Grills, Tara Palmer Tomkinson, well, if you can get around the wardrobe, yeah. John Cleese, Helen Ledra, Katie Price, they shouted any old name. And then suddenly they got it right. On the next running instalment, Westlife relic Brian boomed. Mike Reed has been a household name for about 40 years. In his own household, I suspect. Pass the remote. Click. Yes, it's... I mean, he. I didn't realise just how bad he was, actually. I didn't realise just how bad he was. You can imagine, him and uh, Kerry Katona together. What a winning combination. Not. Uh, the return, says Kevin O'Sullivan, of the brilliantly bawdy celebrity Juice. And, um, great, smutty show, despite poor old Jonathan Ross's manic attempts to steal it. Anyway, the good news is that the turgid team captain Fern Cotton is off having a baby, replaced by Gino De Campo. Yes, there's something about him. He just makes my flesh creep a little bit. He's a bit like Anthea Turner. Anthea Turner makes my... Every time I see her on those blasted things, those adverts, uh, my my sort of... My blood runs cold, ladies and gentlemen. And I sort of think to myself, oh, dear, no. Oh, look, here's somebody on the front page of TV Extra wearing a horse's hair, stuck to her own hair. Oh, it's Billy Fahears. Oh, Billy with the little piggy eyes. You can't miss her. She's always looked like that. She's not the. What? I don't like piggy eyes. You've even got piggy eyes. You're a man. You're a man. Produces. He has to muscle. You see, if he's not actually on air, he has to try and get in on air. This never ending quest of insecurity is not. He could turn the mic on. He has his own mic and everything else. But she's got piggy eyes. She also is totally unphotogenic, poor soul, honestly. I mean, if you trowel enough makeup on to look like a Thai lady boy, I mean, this one here, she looks a bit like... Mm? A bit like that. Or shaping up style and beauty secrets. There is no beauty secret. Trowel it on like you're going on stage in drag... And then, uh, oh, she's being paid by a company to promote her exercise secrets. In other words, she doesn't do this. It's just a load of old hogwash, ladies and gentlemen. So, and I wouldn't be taking any advice from her any time soon. Singers are still waiting for her to get married. Otherwise, their child's going to have another name which she's not uh, familiar with. Uh, Caroline Flack again on landing the top presenting job on television. I think you've obviously misconstrued what you're doing, love. You're not doing very much presenting at all, and it's certainly not the top presenting job. The top presenting job would probably be on the panel. You're neither on the panel nor ever likely to be on the panel. Oh, Georgia Mayfoot, leaving the cobbles behind. Same dreary old has-been story that we've had before. Have you heard her accent? Oh, God, dreadful, dreadful. And apparently there's more to life than what you weigh. Catherine Kelly on Beauty Secrets. I don't even know who she is. She's Corrie's Becky MacDonald. No, I'm none the wiser. I'm ever so sorry to... I'm supposed to know, because I know a bit about show business, who these people are, but I've, I've really got no idea at all. No idea at all. You look at the pictures of them. I mean, I couldn't even name... Little Minx. Mix. I couldn't even name all those names there. And I'm not as vain as people think, says Joey Essex, because he's being plugged by the TV Extra, because it's owned by Richard Desmond, and he's got him doing the thing. Unfortunately, poor old Joey Essex is just... You just sort of leave him in the corner and get round to him every so often, don't you? You don't really actually engage him in conversation because I don't, I don't think he's actually capable of having any sort of conversation. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, the prima donna England stars, who whinged about 50-yard walk to get a massage. Worst time for coffee, apparently, is 8.25. Cops at the Cohen's bust up. Zane Malik sending raunchy snaps to Lily Allen. Apparently, she's flattered. But there again, she's probably flattered just to get any sort of attention. Uh, Zoe Ball could be lined up as the host of Top Gear, like anybody cares. Tesco acts ribina because of all the sugar, yet their own sugar drinks are chock a block with it. We'll come around to that. Uh, plus, Willie Thorne, my new stroke attack terror probably more bankruptcy around the corner and the labor mp simon danchuk who was paid 24 grand for revealing the secrets of his marriage breakup couldn't
0: make it up could you really news at 7 is next this is lbc leading britain's conversation with steve allen tweet at lbc text 84850 steve allen on LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. It's Sunday. It's the 13th of September, and it's going to be mixed. When I say mixed, the weather today could be a mix of sunshine and showers. Either way, I couldn't care less. Nothing wipes the smile off my face. On a Sunday, because I'm here until 8 o'clock, my friend Stig Abel will be along then with a breakfast for you this morning. No doubt talking, I should imagine, about uh, Labour leadership and uh, the new exclusive in the Sunday Mirror today. And Jeremy Corbyn says, uh, We don't have to be unequal. Poverty isn't inevitable. It doesn't have to be unfair. Things can and will change. Is he too old to be Labour leader? Who knows? Only time will tell. And we got more from the papers and more of your texts and emails as well. And don't forget, you can catch up with the In Conversations if you go to the LBC website lbc.co.uk, then you'll find the uh, the videos on there of some of the ones, except Richard Wilson. That's the only one that's not on there because there was no video of Richard Wilson, but Anthony Horowitz is on for today, and the other ones, they remain up there as well, so you can go and check those out. It's an opportunity, actually, if you're a big fan of Anthony Horowitz. It's, I mean, he was he was just super. I thought Richard Wilson was super as well. They're all, they're all great, and we've got some super guests for you next week on the programme as well. So, uh, all of that t- to come. Just going up at you know, and looking at poor old Joey Essex. It's a shame, really, that you know he's not on the television anymore. And uh, they-, they ask him the question: um, Will you ever go back to Towie? He says, "I never say never to going back. I know the career could be over before you know it. I mean, I don't think he's rating at all now, uh, even though they say that he has a fragrance, hair product range, and a clothing line. What's next? He says, "I was thinking uh, I'd bring out um, a Joey Essex doll." I think people laugh at him. I don't think they're laughing with him, I'm afraid. And um, then they ask him about who his ideal guests for a dinner party are. He doesn't really understand the question, which is a bit of a disappointment. And, uh, and he's, he's very good at doing spaghetti bolognese and he can do sausage and mash. And um, he says, what's the best show business party that you've been to? It shows how dull his life is. It was his own shop launch. He said, I had 80 people and then we all went to Sugar Hut. That That's the extent of it. That's, that's how bad his life is at the moment. And uh, all he's doing is plugging bingo, where he sort of pretends that people say the word ream and things like that, which, of course, as we all know, is a load of old baloney, ladies and gentlemen, because nobody speaks like that at all. Only three-year-olds. Only three-year-olds. Uh, Emma's girl. And this is Emma Thompson and her daughter. I think it's pronounced... Well, I don't know how it's pronounced, actually. Is it Gaya? But uh, she's 15, and one of the reasons that she left... Her school was because jibes from schoolmates who taunted her for being a hippie. Good God, I thought people were being quite proud, actually. That, uh, you know, she was forced out of public school by classmates. They called me a green hippie. And um, imagine, though, if your mum's Emma Thompson. I mean, that must be pretty cool, mustn't it? Uh, also, well, there's just loads and loads and loads of Jeremy Corbyn. Some of him looking a bit old and haggard. And some of him looking, you know, as if he's with it. And some of it looking as if he's not... Uh, very with it, uh, he's also going to be cracking down, this is the his sort of blueprint I'm not sure if this is tongue in cheek or if it's serious but he's actually going to crack down uh, on tax avoidance schemes, so here we go and, you know, he's, he's, he's going back to what he thought about, uh, hit middle class families, people only earn a, earning over 50 grand a year with new taxes to help fund a 10 billion pound plan to scrap tuition fees he would rethink the role of free schools and academies this of course, if he actually gets in, if you actually if Labour get voted in, it's not looking very promising, is it, really, at the moment? On property. Slap rent controls on expensive areas such as central London to stop social cleansing where families on welfare are priced out dear. On immigration, Jeremy Corbyn calls for all refugees now arriving in Europe to be treated with humanity and compassion. Pledges an end to the scapegoating of migrants. He believes the debate on immigration has been poisoned. Where are they going, Jeremy? It's no good coming up with this claptrap if you can't actually come up with the answers. It's no good just bringing loads of people into the country. What, do they work? Do they not work? I mean, I heard a story the other day, how true it is, I've got no idea, that um, they encourage people who are in... Uh, to go and buy a taxi and start driving taxis around London. Frighten the life out of me. I mean, I know you can get round on a blooming sat nav, but for goodness sake, not not so good, I'm afraid. Not so good. Car looks great, says Noreen. Four of us have booked to see the Carol King musical. At the moment, Brian and I have eight shows booked, all music except Joe Brand, including Peter Noon, Dave Berry, Chip Hawks, Brian Poole, Herman's Hermits, Marble, and the Union Gap, and uh, John Warrington, wonderful day for today so have a, have a lovely, lovely day uh, 84850 steve at LBC.co.uk. we'll weave everything in on the programme uh, apparently Jenna Jameson who's the former US porn star, says it. How can you be a former US porn star? I mean, the films live forever, don't they? They don't, they don't sort of evaporate when you get to a certain age. You can still look back at the, uh, at the trash that she's done. She's clearly had boob enhancements, dolphin lip transplants, and two melons inserted as buttock implants. And she's running around the house calling everybody else fake. Yeah, but the trouble is people, they're, they're very odd about this fake word now, aren't they? She thinks in her business that's probably quite normal. The trouble is, you know, if, if you're sort of a little bit like that, then uh, you, you probably think it's normal as well. I personally don't. I personally don't. I thought the whole idea was, I mean, if you know, if, if I wanted to change my appearance, I could probably do it. But I, I don't really fancy... I mean, you imagine looking in the mirror and not even knowing the person who is staring back at you. That would be embarrassing. When you? you go past me and you go, who the heck is that? I have to go back and have a second look. Oh, no. And then because once you start being funny, we start going, oh, you know, look at the eyes. Of the, you know, we've got too many lines around. Oh, goodness. I'd, I'd spend all my time having fillers. Uh, George says, because he's the Warburton's driver, he says, I know you're recorded. I am a faithful listener stroke follower. If I've done something wrong, I'm sorry. Please unblock me. I can't unblock. Uh, there's, there's people who monitor the, uh, the twittering. So I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to investigate with them. Um, a bit of a mission... Says, uh, says Derek of Highbury about going down to see the Titanic. Uh, there are wonderful wrecks which are more accessible. One of the most iconic is SS Thistlegorm in the Gulf of Suez, discovered by Jacques Cousteau. I've dived it many times. Actually, I spoke to somebody I didn't speak to, but somebody the other day, after I said that I'd been to the Lanesborough, he said he'd done the woodwork in there. And I thought, what a what a great job to have. What a, what a class act he turned out to be. And so, uh, oh, right, Derek, you're a diver, are you? I mean, I appreciate the fact you couldn't dive down to the Titanic. It's two miles down, so you're never going to get there any time soon, are you? You have to go down in a, in a submersible. I just fancy doing that. I just thought that would be a... That would be a nice thing to do before it implodes on itself. I realise that the sort of diving you do is probably to things that are a, a little bit more accessible than the Titanic, which isn't as accessible and probably a lot, lot cheaper. (laughs) <laughs> which it, it's just it's a, it's a pipe dream though it's a pipe dream Derek it's it's probably never going to happen well in fact I'm pretty much a guarantee it's not unless the lottery comes a calling which it hasn't at the moment uh, you didn't mention the Ritz for tea I didn't mention the Ritz for tea I should have mentioned the Ritz for tea but I, have we been to the Ritz I'm trying to think have we been to the Ritz have we been yeah, uh, no I've not been to the Ritz for tea I've not been to the Ritz for tea we've missed that one out I could take the producer to, to the Ritz for tea you'd like actually yeah you look like you fit in we all look like we're in at the ritz we'll just park the car outside somebody look after it for us they like that they're very nice and very obliging it is a, have you never done afternoon tea at a london hotel no not have you done it elsewhere though you had oh right i think it's a lovely thing to do it's it's a it's a bit of a treat and it's certainly not something i could afford to do every day but it's it, it was really lovely i just like the idea that somebody's cut the crusts off sandwiches i think that's quite posh I think cutting the crust off... And they're, they're absolutely... All the sandwiches we've ever had, they're just absolutely delicious. I don't think I've had a bad sandwich. The only one I didn't have, I didn't have the caviar, because I'm not really into fish eggs. But it was beautifully done. I mean, really, just really super at the Lanesborough. And the Goring was lovely. It's just the Goring has got this lovely garden at the back of the hotel. It, it's a private garden. It's just lovely. It really is nice. On, a, on a, And yesterday, uh, Friday, it was a beautiful day. It was weather. And then what we did, we finished there... And then we came back and we had a bottle of Prosecco at the Garrick at the back. And one of the guys, uh, Rob, who's been doing work experience with LBC, he was being sent round the square. Actually, ironically, I thought of you immediately, Will, because he was going round interviewing ginger people. And <laughs> that was his mission. There was something, was it Ginger Day or something? There was, some, was obviously something to do with that. And so he said, I'm, I'm going round interviewing ginger people. I said, well, a lot of ginger people, I said, are red. I said, and a lot of them think they're strawberry blonde. So he was doing that the other day. But anyway, we managed to force a glass of uh, Prosecco down him. Do you know how much a bottle of Prosecco is in a pub? About 30 quid. When you when you know you can buy it for about six quid, is a hell of a markup? It was a treat though. Friday Friday was a treat day. We we enjoyed it. We really did. It was uh, it was absolutely lovely. Uh, what, oh dear, I don't I don't like stories about uh, people hurting animals, and there is a story about people hurting animals, and so I don't uh, I don't want to read it to you this morning. There's no point in depressing you. Oh, here's Stephen Gerard again. Has he got some sort of book out or something? Him and his dreary wife. Alex, who obviously rates herself as something. I don't know what. All very odd. Uh, Elan and his father, their real story. A disturbing dispatch with dark echoes of the past and from Istanbul, new questions behind the picture that shook the world. I knew that there are all sorts of internet stories about, um, about this uh, this child and how the whole thing has turned upside down, purely based on that photograph. Oh, and somebody sent me an email. I watched a guy the other day. You might have to tell me who it is. I was watching a baking programme. It could be the Great British Bake Off. It's got Prue Leith on there and everything else. And they had a guy who looked like a goth. And he's a heavy metal fan. And he was cooking. Well, his dish looked... Sen- it looked like a, a piece of art. It was on a big plate. A big white plate with... It, I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, it was... And they all gave him 10 out of 10. And... A lady wrote to me and she said, did you see this guy on this Great British Bake Off or whatever it was? And um, Great British Menu, is it? He was fantastic. This guy was fantastic. He made Jamie Oliver look like he was back in the Dark Ages. This guy, it was his, his, his plate was a work of art. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And Prue Leith was going into raptures over how fantastic it was. really was. It's uh, quarter past seven. Only on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's uh, seven twenty. Philip says, "Don't forget to register the car for the congestion charge." I don't drive uh, in the congestion charge. I don't need to. I haven't driven a car into London during the week for God knows how long. If I do it, I, I might just do it on a daily basis. But no, I don't need to register it at all. Don't need to register because I don't. Uh, I don't drive in. I get a. I get a. Oh, sorry. I get a car in as well. Uh, British Bake Off, load of old Tosh. <laughs> they should get Michael and Stella on. Who did a lovely birthday cake for me some uh, some years ago? Thank you, Warren, to remind me of that one. Uh, greetings from uh, from Ireland, says Christine. Uh, just looked at your Twitter page. Car looks fabulous. And uh, can you make my Sunday and follow me on Twitter? I'm not actually on it at the moment. I, I'm, I'm not too sure how to do these things. People have to help me. Uh, Jeremy says Prosecco is so Essex, whereas Champagne is so so Chelsea. I fear not. I fear not, young man. Unfortunately, it'd probably be quite sweet if it was, but as you know, uh, sales of Prosecco have overtaken champagne. Overtaken it. I think only, only the sort of the seriously worrying people just go, oh, you can only drink champagne. No, no, Prosecco is the drink. It's the drink. I mean, by miles, by miles. Uh, There's a book out. Uh, Linda Bellingham's uh, husband has done a book called My Linda, published by Simon & Schuster, on September the uh, 24th. And he talks about, uh, her last moments, uh, together. Nicholas Grace, the actor, was there on one side of the bed and he was on the other. And, uh, he said that after she'd, uh, passed away, they were there when, when she, when she actually went, uh, he said the nurses were so kind, the day staff, who should have finished at 8pm, wanted to stay on to prepare her rather than letting the night nurses take over. So they'd been with her all the time through and, um... I think we were all gobsmacked by that. I'd interviewed Linda on, uh, on a few occasions. She was always charming, bubbly. There's no accounting for, for when this ghastly disease takes hold. But in this book here, he, sort of, he talks quite honestly. He said there isn't a day goes by where he doesn't break down in tears. Because you, you cannot believe, can you? And for many of you listening, you've probably been through something very similar. And it isn't like somebody just wandered away. It isn't, you know, he he says the one thing was after she died, he said, then I was a widower. He said, I don't even like the word. Don't even like the word. I said, I, and enough, I talked to one of my guests uh, last week uh, for in conversation. And, and I said, after my um, my mum died, my dad died first, then my mother died. I said, I suddenly thought I was an orphan. And uh, I think oh, it was Fiona Phillips was talking about that. I said, you don't want to sort of take their numbers out of your book. I don't know why. You know, my mum's still there. I've got her pictures up in the sitting room, my dad's pictures and things like that. Because you just don't forget. And I think, really, for uh, for Linda's husband, Michael, it's still very, very raw. And so they've now got the headstone on the grave as well. He says, but I talked to her. He said, and she talks to me from the afterlife. So there you go. And uh, that's quite interesting. There's also the story about the food banks. And there's a couple here... Uh, who are um, going to the charity food banks, and then they're selling the food to pay for their drugs, which isn't how it works at all. But uh, it's been happening for ages. They pick up what is a donation for charity, and they sell the food on for their drug money. It's exploiting people's generosity when others could benefit. And they've got a picture of these uh, two here. To be honest with you, you know, uh, I don't know how you can deal with people who are on drugs. You're, you're dealing with something that's completely out of my sphere. I have no idea. I could I could just about cope with somebody on alcohol, but I certainly couldn't cope with the. Uh, with, with somebody on drugs, because I wouldn't even know where I was. wouldn't even have the faintest idea. Uh, there was another story that was in one of the papers. Which one was it, actually? Oh, it was the, the new fund to speed up cancer treatment. Jeremy Hunt will today unveil plans to save thousands of lives uh, by speeding, speeding up the diagnosis and treatment of cancer. There are so many different cancers, aren't there? And you never know. I don't know what it is that triggers it. I've tried to ask people before, and I've never, never had a, a successful answer to uh, what I thought was a fairly simple question. It's like, you know, when, when somebody's diagnosed with terminal cancer and you say, how long? And they go, well, you know, how long's a piece of string? And you go, well, I don't know. Depends whether you've got the whole ball in your hand or if you haven't. And uh, Sharon uh, says, I forgot to say it came with a glass of champagne. I wish my car came with a glass of champagne. There might even be some room for it. I don't know. Recovering from the proms, says Angela. It was fabulous. Saw the Jacksons and frankly drank numerous bottles of Prosecco. Very com. Yes, it, that is the problem, isn't it? When you do, uh, you do go for these things. I, I, don't, um, I don't drink that much Prosecco, but it's got to be cold. You cannot drink lukewarm. But at the moment, I went to Costco the other day and I bought lemon lemon, not a lemon squash, it's a lemon drink from Italy, made with, it always sounds very grand, doesn't it, Sicilian lemons, and it's slightly fizzy, and Paul Cooper sells it in his, uh, in his shop as well, it's really delicious, absolutely delicious, with, with a little bit, of, uh, little bit of vodka, goes quite well, uh, apparently next Sunday at Shannon Corner, there's a classic car club, London to Brighton Run, why don't you come and join in, says Adrian, you could just turn up and have a, a chat and a coffee, I suppose I could actually, I suppose I could. That could be quite nice, and uh, and Jimmy says I was in a nursing home, uh, in in Parbold. They cut the crusts off my sandwiches. Did they really? You see, sometimes I used to eat the crusts, of sandwiches although mainly it was saved for the birds assuming that if we couldn't eat it the birds would stagger through, Grace says afternoon tea is such a treat, over the years I've been to most of the hotels you mentioned, Park Lane Hotel worth a visit as well, well I mean I just love doing it, I just absolutely love it Uh, Joey Essex bring out a new clothing line uh, I've been after one for ages. You know anybody who can install a pole in the front garden. Yes, I like the idea. <laughs> Carver in Lidl this week, four ninety nine. I bought six bottles, Steve. Absolutely delicious. I've never really done Carver. It's only because I'm showing ignorance now. I'm not really sure what it is. Is it just fizzy wine, I suppose. I <laughs> uh, thought diving the Titanic's now been banned, says Ian. I didn't think so. Oh, I did see. I didn't see the interview on this morning with David Cassidy who's just gone bankrupt. David Cassidy in America has gone bankrupt. They're having to sell his house. I think he's selling it with all the furniture in to try and pay off his debts. Apparently, they were saying whether it was true. He owed 10 million. David Cassidy, who had all those hits, was in the Partridge family. Is it, and then he starred. He was in Blood Brothers with his brother as well. So all of a sudden, life must go a bit pear-shaped for people who've earned a fortune and what they do. I always say to friends of mine who are in the business... Not, you know, not in radio, but in show business, that uh, the one thing you want to do is try and get your mortgage down as quickly as possible so that if all else fails, you've got that. If you saddle yourself with a huge mortgage and then all of a sudden you lose your job, you're kind of stuck with something that you can't pay for and you have to get rid of it. Luckily, we don't have, well, not that I've noticed for ages, um, negative equity, which we had some years ago. I remember a friend of mine, she owed more on her mortgage than the place was worth. So she was in this horrible Catch-22 situation. But when you read about David Cassidy going bang, I mean, I couldn't care less about Daniela Westbrook. I mean, you know, we know where her money went. And uh, various other people as well. But in David Cassidy's case, you know, I know he wasn't the innocent person everybody thought he was, and I think he had a couple of very expensive divorces. But then you think to yourself, that's all of a sudden, that money's gone you can't recapture things. I've, I interviewed him some years ago. He came into LBC. He came in because he was in Time in London. He'd done Time, I think, uh, also... Who else did it? Cliff Richard, I think, did Time as well. And he came in and they just remastered, I think, all of those fantastic hits that David Cassidy had years ago, like the Good it, Could It Be Forever, I
0: am a clown.
1: And when he came over here, when he was sort of... he hit. With the Partridge family, I mean, the crowds of girls. Jason Donovan was talking about this the other day on the telly. He said when he was doing uh, Joseph at the London Palladium, he said, on a Saturday, he said, you'd arrive at the stage door. He said there would be thousands of girls outside there, thousands of people waiting to see him going in. Because that was really, he he didn't have any clue about doing musical theatre. He was plucked, he'd just come off a tour, I believe... And, um, and they put him into this, and it, it, it just sold the show. A little 15-minute show, Joseph, now magically turned into about an hour and a half, and they dragged it out. Every song, I think, was reprised at least twice, if not, in some cases, three times. And then at the very end of the show, because it's a short, it's a 15-minute show, that they drag out, and most kids know it. I close my eyes, I close my eyes, through back the curtain. And then we all go, ah And people sing along to it. And I'd suddenly realised, listening back to the scores, that they were really good. Lloyd Webber's father played on the original Joseph when it was done from that uh, school in Hammersmith, which we were down the road from at one point. And uh, he played the organ and the mixed bag did the recording. They were called the mixed bag. And it was a great little show. But when you'd you'd finished watching it at the Palladium and I went to see it, I think with... I didn't see it with Jason and I think I saw it with Pip Schofield. And then at the end of the show, they did a mega mix... They did a mega mix of all the songs in the show. And everybody came in and went... It was done to a disco beat. That entire score with flashing lights and strobes and we're all up dancing. Then I look around and realise I'm the only one dancing. You sit down again and try and pretend you're ants in your pants and things like that. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Happy Christmas. Power bills are falling. I got a bill in the other day. What was it for? Whatever it was, I wasn't expecting it. I never expect bills. They always seem to arrive at the most inopportune moment. Just when you think, oh, I haven't got very much money left for this month. And then all of a sudden, a blasted bill drops on the mat. Anyway, the power bills, they say, will fall. So you could benefit from lower energy bills by Christmas. Yeah. Well, there, there's the best bit of good news that you've had all day. See? I told you I could change your opinions on a Sunday. It's not going to be miserable at all. You could have a cheaper bill, which is good news.
0: 7.30. Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Good morning. Janice says, thank you to you. My sleep routine is now completely messed up as I have to wake at the crack of dawn to hear you. I'm sorry about that. I am responsible for actually sort of ruining either more marriages or or people's sleep habit. They just sort of we now wake up at four o'clock in the morning to be part of the four a.m. spike. Carver apparently is the Spanish equivalent of Prosecco. All right. Okay. All right. That's okay. And um, and Michael. Uh, says, uh, I know how sad it must have been for Linda Bellingham's husband Michael losing her to cancer. But I'm fed up with him. Keep reminding him of his of his pain. Well, he's done a book now, so you're going to be even more fed up with him, I should imagine. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I think probably it's his it's his way of trying to deal with it. And because she was famous, and because people loved her so much, that's that's why. I think that, you know, he's sort of he's just dealing with it in his best way. And I think by sharing it with people, that's what people do, isn't it? They like to share something like that. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I didn't know anything about him at all because she was, uh, But when I spoke to her, <coughs> I think she was in the process of splitting up from a husband. But she was always very bubbly. She was a great little actress, seriously. I thought she fitted into Loose Women very well. They, of course, then made a big play about it. But didn't they drop her? Didn't Loose Women drop her? They seemed to drop a load of people that the public seemed to like. Uh, and Jazz says, "Love David Cassidy saying, how can I be sure?' Check it. Oh, don't listen. I know the David Cassidy songbook very, very well, very, very well. Oh, somebody sent me in a thing actually. Well, in fact, two things. Uh, one of thing I think it'll be going over to uh, to uh, some friends of mine. Uh, the Crystal Palace Food Market is every Saturday at Hayes Lane. They've got a website actually." which is crystal palace food market dot u k it's a good idea i like food markets but uh, this person here and it's it's some sort of some some it's uh, it's mr it's peter peter sent me in he said uh, i've got a, a recording here of um elvis Presley the jungle room sessions recorded at graceland well i, I could be uh, sending it over to Cheney's very very soon and um Nicholas says, uh, love the Steve Allen show, which is great. Uh, Steve Bacon, loves the colour of my car. Paul says, he says, yes, Stevie G has got a book coming out. He said, I can't think why. Boring, mumbling footballer. Still, the table needs levelling. <laughs> and, uh, and somebody says, where is the new car? Well, it's not here yet. Uh, Manjula." says, you always make me smile listening to you, even when I feel down. Well, I think that's the time, isn't it? When you're feeling down, you turn on the radio and if, you, <laughs> if you're if you listening to somebody you think has got more problems than yourself, it makes you feel a bit better about life, doesn't it, really? Uh, Camilla Tomine, writing in the paper today, talks about the uh, ridiculous uh, Charlotte Proudman's stand against a married male lawyer. She's quite clearly just an attention seeker. She's uh, absorbing... And, uh, boy, does she like the attention. Boy, does she like the attention. But uh, she felt objectified by the message. Oh, God, posh words and everything dear but uh, anyway she was the one who wrote core about some other people's pictures so it's all right for her to do it but uh, never let it spoil a good story and uh, camilla says no woman on earth has a fringe as immaculately groomed as proudmans unless they care about their appearance oh i should imagine she probably gives her hairdresser hell absolutely it's not level it's not it's not look it's not level fire this person you don't post a picture of yourself looking like the human rights laws answered a Tara Fitzgerald without wanting to send out the message I have beauty as well as brains. Oh absolutely, she's quite clearly in love with herself. The old the old adage is, not it, if she was a lollipop she'd lick herself to death. So uh, that that would that seemed to crop up on so many different programmes this week. So many different They even talked about it, I think, with um Matthew Wright, who had that ghastly um what's the guy called, the Harbor Sing bloke on there. He's really passed his sell-by date now. I really can't bear him at all. Makes my flesh creep every time I see him on the television. Uh, the Sun on Sunday have got an exclusive. Married ace snubs son too from a fair. This is married... This is... This is where I need you for pronunciation, Will. Is it yee a Yea? yee Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, he's talking to somebody at the moment. We, we, we might never find out. But he's a married... Manchester City star yeah Maya Manchester City midfielder Maya Tore is it Yay yeah, yeah. yeah, oh sorry Yaya 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 Tore Yaya Tore We call him Brian we'll call him Brian shall we for the purposes of this conversation anyway he's got a secret uh, love chart he cheated on his wife with an ex-girlfriend silly man silly silly man Cory's Michael Lavell says bosses are locking down the set on live episode days so stars can't have a drink well that's good news isn't it I like that idea. And uh, the nanny at the centre of the Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner marriage split is set to rough it in the I'm a Celebrity jungle. Christine Ozulian uh, is claiming to have had a relationship with the Hollywood star. Ben sources say she's now held talks with a series of reality show bosses. Oh God, in heaven! I did actually. Of course, she's obviously read my book. Obviously read my book, which is How to Be a Celebrity. Um, and it's a case of you know if you can't have an affair with somebody who is, is famous, then you become famous by the association. So in other words, you know if I was sort of so inclined, I could hang around with Charlotte Proudman, and they'd start to say, "Wait a minute, that's Steve Allen's down there again." And then all of a sudden, I become famous through hanging around with somebody who is relatively media famous. I mean, if she's got any sense, she'll keep her head down and just disappear completely, because that's what it's supposed to be. You don't want to have somebody working in a, in a, in, in a practice who's more famous than the practice. That wouldn't be very good, would it? Perhaps they might have to sort of shove her somewhere else, I don't know. And, uh, and also, this is uh, spoonbender Yuri Geller has put his mansion up for sale, and he's returned to Israel. He's lived in the home in Sunning for more than 26 years, uh, He's—it's it's £5 million, pounds. he's 68, good grief, is he really? He admitted he'd not met uh, new sonning neighbour George Clooney before quitting the pretty pretty village. He's got an apartment in Tel Aviv, and uh, his two grown-up children have left home, so he and his wife have downsized, which is what a lot of people do. saying Malick has been sending these raunchy texts, he really can't get his life in order, can he, poor soul, honestly. So, not actually... You know, in a boy band, not actually, nobody's particularly bothered about him releasing any music, not any time soon. And look, here she is, little Miss Attention Seeker, but don't have a conversation, she'll burst into tears. A bit like Gail Porter on um, the Celebrity Big Brother. I mean, she spends most of her time in tears. Not surprised, actually. Uh, Lucy Mecklenburg, and uh, here she is, she's trying a variation of paddleboard surfing in Spain. How lucky that you had a photographer there to capture your your bottom but as I say, it's it's a posed picture. You know, it's a posed picture, and uh, it's a bit naff. But just don't ever ask her to speak. She's got the worst voice under the sun. She makes Gemma Collins seem articulate, and you know how difficult that must be for me to say that. Uh, also, also in the paper. Well, this you have to look at the pictures of uh, Shane Warne bowling two maidens over. I mean, one of them. And she looks like she's been she's obviously been caught in a wind tunnel or something. Poor soul. And dressing. I mean, she's quite ancient. They went on to Raffles Nightclub in Chelsea. I've never even heard of it. Perhaps they let people like that in. Not so good, is it? Uh, The pupils, how are they going to do this? I don't know. They're going to ban pupils from bringing their phones into class. I mean, how is that going to be possible? Are they going to check people? In America, sometimes the pupils have to go through like a metal detector. And they go through and and they check them for sort of knives and stuff like that. It's fairly common in America to find knives. But uh, to find phones... Perhaps they could just have something that sort of means that you can't operate the phone within school grounds. They put out a... I've always wanted one of those phone blockers. I really... Sometimes I sit on the train and somebody will be using their phone and you think, why don't you just put the phone... Down? How important does this call have to be? Can't you wait till you get off the other end and go and stand quietly in a corner facing away from everybody? Because these... The people do it on the bus... They're on the trains. They're walking down the street. They're holding the phone in front of them. They've got it up to their ear. They've got an earpiece in. You never know if they're talking to the vegetables or, you know, or Greg's, you know, sausage roll. They're just sort of walking along, chatting away to themselves. But it's the ones on the train. I want to buy a phone blocker. You know, I know that they're illegal, but I just love one. And you just push the button and all of a sudden their phone goes dead. I mean, I had a woman sitting next to me on the train the other day at Richmond Station, just down the road from me. Uh, there's a there's a blind spot. There's a, There's a bit in there which means that you cannot get phone signals. And so she's on the phone. All of a sudden, it goes dead. So she then dials the number again. Goes, hello, hello. And I wanted to say to her, you won't get a signal, dear, we're at the station. You've got to wait till we get about a mile out the other side. Anyway, if she tried it once, she tried it three times. Hello? 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 I thought, you're not getting a There's no signal. There's no signal. I don't know why, actually. It's an odd, it's an odd place. Very strange. So if, if they're actually going to bring in these, uh, these new rules and say that kids can't have them, just bring in a phone blocker. And the phone block could operate, couldn't it, in there and you could sort of um, and then just sort of push a button. It means that nobody could make any phone calls within the school grounds. So in other words, having the phone would be totally useless, totally useless, which is which I think is a brilliant idea. You don't you don't really want to have things like that. Kids on the phone at school, do you? Because you get one upmanship, one upmanship all the time, all the time. Uh, Apparently, you can get crustless bread in the supermarket. Kingsmill. Yes. do You know, I think I've seen it. I think I've seen crustless bread. Is it, it's, uh, yes, I'm sure I bought it, actually. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty certain. Pretty certain. I know that Stig's going to be talking uh, after 8 o'clock this morning uh, and asking the question, is Corbyn the best thing that's happened to this country and its politics in a generation? Uh, Steve says, Anna, Anthony Horowitz and Richard Wilson, great. And Sue says, I cannot bear my lean class. I think she's, she's probably Marmite, isn't she? Is, is she sort of Marmite? Everybody seems to like David Cassidy, but he's a bit, bit depressed about the fact that poor old poor old David Cassidy is uh, owes so much money, they're forcing him to sell his house. Not so good, is it? Uh, Carver, says Patsy, is to Spain what Prosecco is to Italy. It's lovely, you should try it. Good news on the car, and um, no, th- th- that we've hit a brick wall on that, on that other thing you were asking about. We've hit a brick wall on it, I'll, I'll let you know. Let you know later. Uh, Sharon says, listening to you about afternoon tea, um, I had somewhat unusual Chinese afternoon tea round the corner from Harrods. Well, oh, that sounds quite nice. I like they have Chinese afternoon tea. Oh, that's pr- oh that's nice. Oh, that looks nice. She sent me a picture in of what it. That's Chinese afternoon tea, is it? We're having some of that. <laughs> I could live on Chinese food. I don't think Chinese food can live on me, but I, I absolutely adore it. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I could, can you imagine if you actually had a chef at home and they could cook Chinese food? <gasps> never need to go out ever again. Uh, Maddie and Caroline say, uh, once you finish and never to get fit, we're off for a long bike ride along Leon Sea and South End-on-Sea Seafront. Wow. However, our encouragement for our bike ride is a hot chocolate at the end of it. Which kind of defeats the object, doesn't it? Or a hot chocolate. Is that going to have whipped cream on the top? You know what they do hot chocolate and they go, would you like whipped cream on the top? You think, is the Pope Catholic? Just, just squirt it on for me. I don't, I don't know. I don't have it very often. That once every year I've had a hot chocolate. But I tell you what I do like. At the Winter Wonderland, which they have around the country, we have it here in London in Hyde Park, they do hot chocolate with brandy in it. And they always give you a really good glug of brandy. Is it what? Cider brandy? It's, it's particularly delicious. I mean, there's something about hot chocolate and brandy in it. I mean, it's just, that is like a pick-me-up. That is like the woo-woo-woo of the day. 14 to 8.
0: This is LBC.
1: I' will be with you after the news at 8 o'clock this morning on LBC, which is, uh, which is uh, just about 10 minutes. I do like the story that's in the paper today. I wasn't quite sure whether or not I was going to do it or not. And it's a guy called Daniel Medforth. And uh, I I can't do this with any sense of decency, so you'll have to fill in the missing gaps yourself. He ended up in hospital. He took 35 Viagra in an hour. And let's just say it provided him with a... Well, it provided him with it for about five days, apparently. (laughs) He's a plasterer. He took the pills for a laugh after a holiday bender. And he said, I ended up feeling sick, dizzy and hallucinating. Everything I saw was green. Strange, actually, when the tablets blew. And he said, and I got this thing which wouldn't go away. So he confessed to his wife, who phoned an ambulance. They kept him in hospital for 36 hours. I mean, to be honest with you, it's a bit of an achievement, isn't it? It's a bit of an achievement. He says, fortunately, my wife has forgiven me and realises I've been very, very lucky. I mean, you have to be very, very careful because the dangers of this, apart from the obvious one, um, it just doesn't work on that part of the body. This can give chest pain... Nauseous feelings, a racing pulse, fainting from low blood pressure, it could also lead to loss of consciousness, brain hemorrhage, and even in the extreme death. so you know far from being a funny thing, you know and he took this as a bit of a laugh after sort of uh, being on a bender, it actually could have had dire consequences he could have died as uh, as a result of this. Uh, The Grim Reaper is the story I brought you earlier on, which is the good news that the Yorkshire Ripper, Peter Sutcliffe, has suffered a crippling angina attack. He was on his way to Bible class. Yes. Uh, so obviously the good Lord doesn't want you either, so in keeping with the rest of the world, he says, I was glad I was at Bible studies and other people who could help me. Oh, what a shame people helped. What a shame. I don't want to appear churlish, ladies and gentlemen, but frankly, if, you know, if I saw him on fire, I wouldn't be looking around for a bucket of water any time soon. Uh, the mayoral race and, uh, and the leadership of the Labour Party, when you actually look... Uh, what jeremy corbyn's got does he look to you like the leader of a labor party does he look or does he look like an old fashioned leader of the labor party they 'll talk about this with uh, with Stig Abel just after the news at eight o 'clock this morning because you might think he's sort of he 's a little bit old now for things like that there 's also the story. Do you remember the that the parents who claimed that their child had been sold to human traffickers uh, she 's now slammed claims that her ordeal was an elaborate compensation scam. It's amazing, isn't it? Within five minutes of a story appearing in a newspaper and people appearing on television, you uh, you end up with these these sort of stories that never even crossed my mind that their boy was swapped. I mean, I know that they got him back, so and they seem to get him back fairly quickly. There was also the grandmother on death row. Remember the one who was on death row on that island? Well, apparently they're now preparing for her execution. So they've got a, a story with her. It, well, obviously, she's able to do stories and have sort of access to other people. And they've uh, and she's sort of said, you know, I've got one more appeal, and if that doesn't work, well, then I'm going to be shot. This is the woman who was found, I think, with something like ten kilos of cocaine and then as most drug uh, smugglers do they try and backtrack as quickly as possible and say i only brought it in because i was being threatened and my family was being threatened and we all go yeah 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 whatever you know that you're not supposed to do it i wouldn't even know anybody if anybody said to me "Can you take this case at the airport the answer is no the answer is no uh more in the papers today as well On um, Dad Brown, this is Bobby Brown speaking for the first time about the death of his daughter, Bobby Christina, on television tomorrow in a pre-recorded interview for the daytime show, The Real Monday. He says he believes his family did all they could before the troubled girl's death in July. He says, we prayed in Hope for six months. They were arguing, the whole family were arguing, weren't they, about this for ages. I mean, when she died, it was... In terms of somebody dying, a a mixed blessing, I suppose. She spent six months on a life support machine in a coma. Her death is still being investigated. Still being investigated. Because in America, they take loads and loads of times. Uh, Tesco have banned workers sitting down on the job. Apparently, they've removed all staff seating from some of their busiest stores, including chairs at kiosks. Bosses say the change were intended to reflect the fast-moving pace of the customers. Really, it's all it's all hotted up, hasn't it? In the supermarket wars, it's uh, it's hotted up there because they're all sort of trying to compete. Sorry, what? what, what, what? Heated. What did I say? Hotted up. Hotted up. I quite like. I was thinking of me being a hottie. <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah, nobody's going to deny that. Well, apart from Charlotte Proudman, you know, she might deny that I was a hottie, but uh, yeah, because because she, she's not a hottie. She's not hottie. She's a very silly girl. Uh, Strictly Cha Cha changing rooms. Ben's wife, uh, Ben Cohen. I do hope that relationship with Christina works out, but as I say, her uh, track record isn't so great. And over on the X Factor, luckily they've uh, they've actually found somebody to sing whose whose mother's just died. <laughs> and this, is, this apparently, as far as they're concerned, is good news. It does only go to prove to me that uh, when you watch that spoof that was done by Peter Kay on the Extra Factor and on the X Factor, it was as near as damn it the closest thing that you're ever going to get. Terry Christian is doing a column in one of the papers today. I think he's... They um, have to tell you what he does. He's a TV and radio presenter. He, he pops up on the, on the right stuff, and he talks about uh, the Countryside Alliance... Who have criticized Chris Packham, who's very well healed and comes from very good stock. You know that he's terribly, terribly middle class boy. He's not this this sort of image that he tries to portray. But they've talked about the propaganda about wildlife in the countryside. By this says Terry Christian, they actually mean that the BBC presenters' opinions aren't the same as theirs. They're much happier with the anodyne bland jumper wearers on Countryfile. Oh, no, I like Countryfile. I like Countryfile a lot. Bearing in mind, he says, when you hear Chris Packham give his views, at least you know it's Chris Packham's views. Who do the Countryside Alliance represent? Everybody living in rural Britain or the tweed and barber-hunting, fox-hunting mob. The sort of chaps who want to chase a fox with hounds and allow it to be ripped apart. Clearly, he says, we need the BBC to replace Packham with some wax-jacketed, chinless wonder. Someone who can tell us that, in fact, foxes love nothing more than being hunted and torn to pieces. Yes, it is the, uh, it's the Thelwell characters. And uh, I've learned something this week, thanks to a spat between Charlotte Proudman and the lawyer, who's Alexander Carter Silk. It's this. When approached to connect on LinkedIn by a woman, it is not acceptable to send a reply of... Phew. You mustn't do that, okay? Actually, Mr. Carter Silk sent a message saying Miss Proudman's photo was stunning. The barrister uh, called him sexist, which he denied. Maybe that's why he says LinkedIn ignored my idea that it start a ladies' swimsuit section. Perhaps even topless, I think. That could go down quite well. During Miss World, I recall young women being asked how to bring about world peace, so surely fleshing out a CV with a scantily clad picture would be a doddle. Oh, come on, Charlotte, you must have some pictures of you in a bikini. Could we have that on there, please? I only ask, not for me, but for all the people who are interested in you, which I should imagine it's probably everybody in your office who sits there going, she's back again. (laughs) Uh, Poor old Fash, and have a go... Raid change. This is a man who's been charged with robbery after shopkeepers fought off a smash and grab gang. Which is good news, isn't it? Uh, do you remember we saw it? All these shopkeepers came out and they dragged him off his bike. I thought that was, that was very good. And uh, once they've got one, they will find the other ones as well. I was going to do the story this morning, but I haven't got enough time, about Tesco. And Tesco, who stopped selling Ribena because of apparently the sugar issue. Because we're now all crackers about sugar. Um, and yet their own drinks have actually got even more sugar. So, uh, obviously trying to do something. And now they've taken away the chairs from the staff. It's all gone pear-shaped. Ridiculous. Listen, have a great day. I feel I've got a cold coming on. I know that sounds a bit odd, but in my business, you can always tell. I stood next to somebody in the office earlier on who said, oh, I've got a cold. And I thought, oh, you know me, I'm a bit susceptible. So I shall go home and dose myself up. But uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning, come hella high water. If you think I'm giving up a day's money, you're very much mistaken. And I've got an interview to do tomorrow with Richard Hammond, so I'm not missing that one either. So have a great day. Uh, you can join me on LBC Monday through Friday and Saturday morning as well between five and seven for the best of Steve Allen. Go to the LBC website, learn how to podcast, to download. I have a free podcast every day and then this programme will be up for you in, well, probably quite quite quickly, I should imagine, as Will whizzes through on a Sunday so that he can get open, get home and open the box of chocolates and have a little bit of a sleep. It's what, seven, eight? Thank you. Seven, eight's down. you see. How clever is he? Have a great day. I'll talk to you Tomorrow morning, but I'm back at 9 o'clock this evening. Next, my good friend, Stig Abel. Thank you, Steve. you in? Inspired-